28. We're going to read some very familiar verses there. Matthew chapter 28, and if you'd go ahead and stand with me as you are turning there. Matthew chapter 28, and if you'd look down in verses 18 through 20, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word that you've given us. And uh, Lord, that's why we're here, is to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you'd get me out of the way, that you would give me the words you want me to say, and I would not say anything else. And uh, Lord, as I'm speaking here on the outside, that you'd speak to each one of our hearts. And Lord, you'd convict us, and you'd draw us close to you. Lord, that when we walk out these doors, we'd be different than when we came in. Lord, it'd, it'd have a lasting impact. Lord, your word is what can change us. And Lord, I just pray that you'd use that in each one of our lives today. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you may be seated. Um, last week, I was sitting down here, and it was our Right to Life Sunday. And um, I, I always enjoy Right to Life Sunday and the baby dedications afterwards. And uh, we had seven families up here with their young ones and um, dedicating their children to the Lord and, um, and really dedicating their family to the Lord. And pastor always says that that's really what a baby dedication is. Uh, the Bible says that the parents are to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and uh, train up in a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. And really a dedication of the parents, but bringing that child up and, and wanting the, some of the first things in their life to be dedication to the Lord. And um, I love doing that. I love that day. I love, I love seeing the young ones up here. I love thinking about when we dedicated um, our kids. And um, uh, Miss Gwen got up and she talked about, uh, um, I cannot remember the name, the place where she uh, volunteers with Right to Life. Sound Choices. Sound Choices. And about being able to volunteer down there and help um, ladies see the value of the life inside them. And of course, we take a strong stand for that. And we should take a strong stand for that. And I, I'm not preaching on that, so I'm not going to go to verses on that. But we heard her give testimony of that. And then pastor get up and preach a message on the value of life. And he told us specifically the, val the value of our lives come from our creator and our redeemer and our sovereign and our shepherd and that eternal home what the value that God places upon us. And that, that is the value of life. Man, I, I'm not to get my value from someone else. Um, I want my wife to think highly of me. I, I want her to love me, but my value should not come from what my wife thinks about me. Um, her value shouldn't come from what I think about her. And if we're not careful, a lot of times we start to put our value in what others think about us and how others would see us. And, and, and that's not where value comes from. Our value comes from the Lord and our relationship with him. And I love that you can see um, that value in what he gave for us. Am I right? Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Man, we can see our value in what God gave for us. Every one of us has value. The value of life and 
So last week, as we looked at all that, and I was sitting down here, and I, I was thinking about that, the value of life, uh, the miracle of life, um, and then hearing about um, the sound choices and seeing the dedications. And it, it brought to my mind different things with my kids. I'm probably going to embarrass Evie some in here, so I, I'm glad she's here. But um, I'll, I'll try and embarrass her more and not say so much about my other kids because that's, that's good because she's here. Um, but, uh, man, I started thinking back about different things with our kids. And when we dedicated our kids, um, I started thinking about, uh, about their birth. Um, I, I remember when we found out that uh, we were going to have a baby. And I said we were going to have a baby. Yeah, you know, it's hard on expectant fathers. You know, they, pe- people don't understand how hard that is. Um, and wives get cravings and stuff. And I say, well, welcome to my life. I mean, I live with cravings 24-7. It's just, and, uh, you know, she said, oh, my back hurts. I said, you know, I think mine does too. And uh, didn't give me a whole lot of brownie points, but I had fun. And, um, and uh, I definitely use those cravings. I always like, you feel like a shake, don't you? And um, I, I mean, I couldn't let her drink a shake alone. So, um, and, you know, but, uh, um, but we were with child. And um, so, um, uh, you, you know, I, I thought back and about learning about that and being excited about that. I remember going to the ultrasound and finding out we were going to have a little girl and being excited about that and going back and forth on names and, and, uh, that, that's when our marriage was really on the rocks, naming each one of our kids. Um, you know, she just didn't want to get in line with my ideas. And, uh, uh, you know, talking about names and, and finding names and names that meant something, not just names we liked, but the meaning behind them. And, and looking at, at all these things and planning for all this. And I remember the day she was born, um, Evelyn was born, and um, right after she was born, they gave her to my wife, and my wife held her. And I was, I was right behind my wife's shoulder there. And um, uh, everybody was, you know, the ones in the room were talking or something, and I said something, and right away, Evie lifted her head and looked up at me. And uh, I know you say, a newborn babe uh, raising its head? Yes, she did. Um, My wife hates it when I say this, but all of our kids were big babies. I think our smallest was 914, is that right, with Isaiah? 911? Um, was Isaiah. That was the smallest. And um, one time, one time, I had one of them in, in a carriage, and... I, I take pride because I'm like, this is my baby. And I, I, I walked in someplace and this lady looked and said, oh, that baby is so cute. Oh, that baby is so tiny. None of my kids were ever that small. I said, really, what size were your kids when they were born? And she, uh, she was like seven something. I said, this baby was 11 pounds. And, um, you know, she didn't have anything more to say. I'm like, that's my baby. And, um, but, uh, man, I, I remember when she was born and I did, I said something right away. She looked up. And uh, everybody in the room was like, oh, she knows her daddy's voice. And I was like, that's my baby. And um, she knew it. She, she couldn't get away from it for nine months. And then she was like, now it's really loud. And, um, but, uh, man, she looked right up at me. And, man, the pride I felt in that moment. Everybody else talking, she didn't look at them. But when daddy talked. Man, she looked up, and man, the joy of that baby. And I thought of that. I thought about when Ellie was born, and um, Ellie came in. Uh, you know, we, we were parents. We were experienced. We had one. We knew it takes a long time. Evie took forever to come. And we're like, we know this. And so we're like, yeah, you know, we'll, as the time comes, we're not doing anything early and all this. And then, um, so we tried to plan it out. We had her at home, and a midwife was coming. And uh, we were like, yeah, okay, I think it's time you come. And she starts coming, and then it's like, Oh, no, it's time you get here. And I'm getting on the phone. I'm like, 
where are you? Like, it needs to be here. This is not my job. Like, you better get here. And, um, man, a, a little bit of an urgency. And Ellie came uh, real quick then. And uh, she is, everything about Ellie is real quick, if you know Ellie. Um, and, uh, man, I, I think of Benjamin and... Um, Benjamin, when he was born, um, I took him to church, and we had this big guy in our church. His name was Jamel, and I was carrying Benjamin around, showing everybody. And, uh, you know, one of those like, hey, you can look, but don't touch. My wife will kill you if you touch the baby, but you can look. I can hold the baby. And so I bring him around, and Jamel is there, and he looks, and he's like, man, you didn't have a baby. You had a linebacker, man. And I was like, hey, that's my boy. I was like, man, this is, and, uh, man, I'm so proud of that. Emma, um, Emma, a little more laid back and easy, and... Um, uh, one day she won't like this. She still lets us tease her about this, and she'll even say, um, we always tell her, you had chubby thighs, pretty chubby thighs. And she'll be like, Daddy, I had chubby thighs, didn't I? And, um, man, just uh, uh, a laid-back girl. And, and then Isaiah. Isaiah was born down here uh, in the hospital over here, and um, all, of our, all of our kids came late, um, like a week after the due date and stuff, and uh, somewhere around there, they, they were all late. And uh, my wife was going in for an appointment before the due date, and I was like, yeah, it ain't time for that, baby. We're just waiting. And um, she goes in there and some health problems and stuff. They're like, we need to induce and have this baby now. And I was like, man, that's not time. We're not ready for this. I need, I, I'm not ready for this. I'm an expectant father. You got to think of me. No. Um, but um, they said, man, he, he needs to come. And man, him, him coming in in a rush. And um, that boy, he, he is a rush, if, if you know him. Um, and, uh, but man, I, I look at them and the joy of each one of them. And uh, thanks for letting me reminisce some about their birth. Um, but, um, man, I was sitting there thinking about that as the different ones being dedicated and stuff like that. And I was looking, and it was remember, I was remembering that. And, and you, you can remember, if you got kids when they were born, man, you know the joy that comes from that baby. Um, man, a joy, sometimes even if it's not yours, man, you can take a baby and put them in front of the most grouchy, old man there is and before long he's like goo 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 and he's peekaboo and you know trying to get that baby to smile the joy that comes from a baby and um, I was sitting there and I was looking up at family dedication and listening to the value of life and all that man I, I was thinking those things and um, you know one of the verses that came to my mind that always helps through hard times um was the verse came to my mind in Psalms 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And I thought, we make a big deal out of the baby dedication and the birth of a baby. And God makes a big deal of them coming into heaven. Now, I look at this last year. We, we lost some. I think of just a few weeks ago, the Millers and their little one. I think of Pastor Miss Hannah and their loss. I think of the sorrows. And their loss. I think of uh, Miss Stapleton. Uh, you, you know, kind of the, the opposite ends there. You know, ones that we would say taken way too soon. And almost even look at God and say, God, why? Like, why would you take them so soon? And others who have had a full life. I thought of Brother Clarence Sexton. And he's not here, but pastors there in Tennessee. And, and the impact he's had uh, on the world for the Lord. And God taking him. And looking at these different ones. And you know, each one of them, while we mourn down here, how, man, it was a celebration in heaven. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. Man, another one's come to heaven. And I thought about that. As I thought about that, um, I also thought this. 
um, how precious it is to God when there's a new child added to the family. And not just in heaven, but added to the family. Um, the Bible says in Luke 15, 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. Man, the joy that comes with that. Just a couple verses later in uh, Luke 15, 10, likewise I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repenteth. Man, I think of the joy I had as, as a new father and, and the kids being born and um, man, just the joy. I remember when Evie was born, um, my mother-in-law bringing over a sign that we wrote, Evelyn Kathleen Hahn born, uh, and the weight and the date and um, the length and, and all that stuff. And we put it out by our mailbox and put it out there so everybody could know because we were rejoicing. I knew if we were rejoicing, everybody was going to rejoice. And um, um, I, I didn't know how Evie was going to be. Now, now I see their rejoicing was worth it, Evie. It's, it's worth it. Um, man, the joy that we had. Man, we were excited about it. A new baby is born. Man, there's an addition in the Han house. Man, the rejoicing that we had. Um, the rejoicing that God has when someone gets saved. Man, there is joy in the presence of the angels. God rejoices. God looks down and he gets excited. And, um, you, you know, I, I almost think of him as, as he knows. He knows everything, right? He knows what's going to happen before it happens. But just kind of looking down and um, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe the angels come to him day by day and say, well, well Lord, uh, who's it going to be today? Who's going to be added to the family today? And God says, well, hey, look right down over there. There's, there's a sinner that's sitting in a service. And, man, he's about to accept Christ into his heart. Man, here's someone over here that's been given the gospel. Someone's about to be saved. The excitement that God has when someone gets saved, the joy that comes from that, like, like we experience when a baby is born. Man, I'm excited. I, I, I want everybody to know. I, I want to show off my kids. Man, God experiences joy when someone turns to him for salvation. I think of the pride, man, the pride we have as a father. I already mentioned several things about my kids there. And um, I, I, I remember um, after Evie was born and we were out, like the first time, you know, you get out and you go around places. And so I've got the, um, we've got her strapped in the car in uh, one of those baby car seats, you know, the ones that lay down. And um, man, getting there and um, we're driving along. I tell my wife, I said, I got to go by the bank. And um, she's like, well, you can just drop us off at home and then go by the bank because, you know, I like to go in the bank. Um, I, I'm a people person, and um, I, I know they're there to provide service, and they want to see me. They want to talk to me doing that. Um, my bank that I go to now, they're like, you know you can use the ATM for that. And I'm like, I didn't want to use the ATM. Like, I, I'm bringing it here so you can fill it out and help me out here. I don't tell them all that. I have told him I didn't want to use the ATM. I want to see you. I want to see your face. And um, uh, so I, I, I enjoy talking to people. The bank I was at up there from the beginning, of the first account I had all the way through till I moved down here. Um, and I would go in there. And um, so when I told my wife I got to run by the bank, um, she knew I, I'd go in the bank. And she's like, well, you can just drop us off. I said, no, no. They want to see the baby. And she's like, they don't want to see the baby. I'm like, yeah, they do. I mean, everybody wants to see my daughter. I mean, come on. And um, so I go in the bank, and I carry her in there. And, of course, they ooh and ah over here and all over her and all, all want to see her and know all about it. And, um, man, I was rejoicing. I was proud of my daughter. 
I wanted everybody to share. I want everybody to know, hey, I had a daughter. Her name is Evelyn, and she is just the sweetest thing. And then she grew up. No, um, <laughs> she is so sweet. And you know, I think of the pride we have in our kids, right? Man, the pride when they do something well, when they do something. Man, we don't want to keep that quiet. Man, I think of when the Bible says you are the light of the world, and he says um, that uh, city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, and they said neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel and stuff and snuff it out, but on a candlestick and give light to all that are in the house. And I, how our life is supposed to be that, to point people to Christ. Um, you know, we understand that when it comes to our kids, though, right? Man, they do something well. We want everybody to know. We're proud of them. We're lifting them up. We're exalting them. We take pride in them doing well. Man, I, I had a proud moment a couple weeks ago, and uh, I know you get a lot about my kids, sorry, but um, um, we, go, uh, we go visit uh, the bus route on Saturday, my wife and I, and go visit them all and see if they're coming on Sunday, and so we split up, and she takes a car, and I take a car, and we go and visit everybody, and we were out doing that, and Evie had got on the bus and gone soul went in as, as pastor drives the bus, by the way, Saturday morning, 945 uh, we take out a bus, we go out and knock on doors and invite people to church, tell them about the Lord. It's a good thing. As a matter of fact, it's, it's a command. Um, find a time to do that. But um, uh, she got on the bus, and you like how I just put in a little plug there, don't you? Um, you know what? There should be a couple of amens, though, really, that uh, so when it ought to be a regular thing for us. And uh, I can tell you this. If it's not, you're probably not going to like it when we get to the invitation because this message is actually on the urgency of the Great Commission. And, um, man... Uh, and I, Evie got on that bus, and she was out there. And I, I'm out on the bus route, and I'm, I'm inviting people. And I, my phone goes off, and I look down, and Miss Hannah sent me a picture of Evie, and I think Audrey was with her, and they were up at a door. And she was there going through the plan of salvation with someone. And uh, one of the men in the church had walked by, and he told Miss Hannah, boy, she's up there. She's giving them all the verses. She's going right through that. She knows that plan. And, uh, man, uh, my chest kind of swelled up a little. And I'm like, that's my daughter out there telling someone how they could know they're going to heaven. Man, I was proud about that. I'm excited about that. I take pride in my kids. You know, God does the same thing. I think of in John 1.12, he said, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You want know to think of this. It would have been enough if God just saved us from hell. Right? I, Way more than we deserve. But, I, I mean, honestly, if he saved us from hell and gave us life in heaven, that's a big deal. Not a one of us would have looked and said, we got gypped. Am I right? Man, he offers salvation to us. That's enough. But he says, no, I'm going to go beyond that. You become my child. You take my name upon you. Why? Because you're my child and I'm proud of you. I mean, God takes pride in that. God looks down and says, hey, there's someone getting saved. I mean, God is excited about that. He offers a relationship to us. He offers us to become his child. That's how much it means to him. But then even more than that, man, God takes pride in his children as they're given the gospel. Daniel 12, 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And he says those people who turn many to righteousness, they'll shine as the stars forever and ever. 
God says, I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to set you on high because I am proud of what you're doing. Man, I, I almost picture God up in heaven calling the, hey, Michael, come over here. Hey, Gabriel, look down there. One of my kids is opening the word of God and showing someone else how they can be my child. Man, God takes pride in that. God looks down and says, I'm well pleased in that. Man, there's someone over there giving the gospel. There's someone over there teaching a Sunday school class and giving the gospel to those kids. There's someone walking up and knocking on the door. There's someone sitting at a, at, at a table in the break room at work. There's someone giving the gospel to someone. And God says, I'm going to take them and I'm going to set them up on high like the stars of heaven. And God is proud of his children when they are witnessing to others when they are bringing others to him. God loves when someone accepts him as their savior. And God is proud of his children when they share the gospel. And I'm sitting there thinking about my kids and how much I love them and how much joy they bring me and how proud I am of them. I'm thinking this, that's what God feels when someone's getting saved. Man, I think of the urgency that God feels. James 4, 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Now, man, our life is short. It's like a vapor. I don't do a whole lot of cooking, and um, there's good reason for that. Um, but not too long ago, someone gave us an Instapot. And uh, my wife makes some things in there. I'm, I'm not too good with that either. But um, I did hear that if you make hard-boiled eggs in the Instapot, they peel incredibly easy. And it's true. I had to try this out. I like hard-boiled eggs. Um, so you put so much water, whatever, and you put all the eggs in there. And um, then you set it to cook on high for five minutes. Then you let it do its thing for five minutes, self-release, self-vent, whatever that is. And then you vent it and you put them in cold water. That's simple. Even I can do that. So um, I have done that a couple times with this Instant Pot. And, and I put them all in there. And I found that when it comes time to release all the steam in there, all the vapor, um, it's best to have like a hot pad or to reach over there with a spoon. Because, man, that stuff shoots out like a steam engine, man. It comes out like a train. And um, so, man, I do it and I hit that and it just whoosh, and it comes up in the air, and it's blowing all over. Um, but you know, it's, it's quickly gone. It, it's no more. You know, how, how it's coming out of there, I was expecting, you know, maybe it'd fill up the kitchen, and I'd be able to walk out with hard-boiled eggs in my hands through the steam, and uh, never happened. It, it's gone before I get to do that, you know. The special effects just aren't there. Why? Because it's a vapor. And it, it's gone. Poof, and it's gone. And the Bible says that's our life. Man, it's a vapor. Pureth but a little time and vanisheth away. Man, God has an urgency. Can I tell you for me? It's easy for me to sit there and think there's always tomorrow to give the gospel. Man, I can do that tomorrow. I don't have time today. I've got other things going on. There's always tomorrow. But there's not always tomorrow. And our life's a vapor. I think of when I was about eight years old and we were at Madera Baptist Church. Pat, my dad was the pastor there. 
And um, we were building a parsonage. They were out there building the parsonage and they were digging the, the basement and moving dirt all around. There's a guy on a bulldozer out there. And um, my dad was out there on a Friday afternoon and he just felt like God said, talk to the guy in that bulldozer. My dad was like, man, it's Friday afternoon. Everybody wants to get home on Friday afternoon. It's not a good time. Felt like God said, talk to the guy on that bulldozer. My dad's like, man, I'll talk to him next week. It's Friday afternoon. Everybody wants to get out of here. Everybody wants to get done. I'll talk to him next week. My dad left. Went home Saturday. Soul went in and all. Sunday preached his messages and all. Came back out there Monday. No one showed up at the job site. Tuesday, no one showed up at the job site. My dad's like, we got a limited time, man. We got to be out of this other house. We got to get this done. Wednesday, no one shows up at the job site. My dad calls the general contractor and is like, where is everybody? He's like, man, I'm sorry. I should have called you and let you know we weren't going to be out there. Man, we got a guy who's been working for the company for years, just a jovial guy. Everybody loves him. And uh, as a matter of fact, he was the one driving the bulldozer out there at your house. And Saturday, he had a massive heart attack and, and died. And man, everybody's so tore up. We just took a couple days and the funeral's today. We'll be out there tomorrow. My dad's always said, I knew I was supposed to witness to him. What is our life? It's a vapor. Man, we always look and say, I got next week. It's always Friday afternoon, isn't it? Everybody's wanting to get home. Everybody's got something else to do. Man, I've got here, I've got to go. I've got this, I've got that. Man, but our life is a vapor. Appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. And we're not promised tomorrow. God looks down and says, there's, there's an urgency. Man, I need you to give my word. Uh, Jude 22 and 23 says, And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. He, he's saying, hey, there, there are different ways to witness. Sometimes it's having compassion and showing love and just that constant working on it. Other times it's, it's grabbing them with fear, man, pulling them out with fear, pulling them out of the fire, man. You gotta, you gotta have an urgency. God's saying, your time is short. Their time is short. Man, you don't know if you can give the gospel tomorrow. You need to give the gospel. People need saved. And I see that with an urgency with God. Um, I, I think of this when, when Ellie was about to be born and that midwife wasn't there yet. I got on the phone. I was like, where are you? You need to be here. My daughter's about to be born. This is not my job. Okay, someone needs to be here and deliver this baby. There was an urgency. I wanted them there now. Man, when, when my kids have been hurt in different things, and man, I rush to their aid. I do everything I can. I remember when the girls were in the, the four-wheeler accident and it was around and I had to get in the car and I had to drive over there. Man, I, I wasn't putting around the corner. Man, I, my, my, and no police were there, thank the Lord. My, my foot was on that pedal, man. My daughters were hurt. They were there and I was gonna get there. I remember getting out, pulling up and putting that in park and throwing my door open and running up there and there was a guy there who stepped up to stop me. I'm telling you right now, my daughters were laying on the ground there. I saw one of my daughters kicking her feet and someone holding stuff over her face. And I know that guy meant good. I, I know he did. And, and I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at him for what he was doing. But I'm going to tell you, had he stepped in front of me and stopped me, he would have gone down and I would have walked all over him on my way to my daughter. Because I'm running to her. There's an urgency there. And there's an urgency with God. Your life is but a vapor. Their life is but a vapor.
What are we doing? Now, when's the last time you've given the gospel? God looks down and he says, they're going to die. They're going to go to hell. What are you doing? Man, I think of where Jesus said in the book of Matthew 9.38, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And the job we have, and that we ought to pray that God brings more laborers in. It's his harvest. Lord, please bring more laborers. Bring more laborers. But I can't help but think, is it an issue that God hasn't sent laborers? Or that the laborers are sitting back, not going out in the harvest? We started off with Matthew 28, 18 through 20, right? Go ye therefore. Who's that written to? Christian, right? The Christian, not the pastor. The Christian. And God has an urgency. What are we doing? What are we doing? Man, what are we doing when we come out and we see our neighbors and we never once give them a even give them an invitation to church, let alone giving them the gospel. Man, we, we, we go sit in a restaurant and, and we go sit in a restaurant and it's not even in our mind to go over the gospel. We're not going out knocking on doors inviting people to church. Well, if they show up in church, maybe the pastor will preach a message and they'll get saved. And God sends laborers. Are we laboring in his harvest? Are we working for him? Man, he has an urgency. Man, one of the things I pray is that when I get to heaven, I'll be able to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He already told me what brings joy to him. There's joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that comes to repentance. He already tells me what brings pride to his heart when his kid is leading someone to the Lord. He's told me what his urgency is. What is our excuse? What's going on? What's our Friday afternoon? No one's going to want to hear me out. And God has an urgency. I sat there and I saw about the value of life. And here's the thing. I think everybody in here said, we ought to stand up for the unborn. We ought to stand up. Man, I'm against abortion. People shouldn't have abortion. That's a, that's a human being in that womb. And we all stand up for that. We all realize the value of life. When does the value of that life diminish? Is it now they're a child? Now they got their own parents. Let them worry about them. Is it they're a teenager? Is it when they're adult? They've made their own choices. It's not really on me. No. Man, the value that that unborn baby has is the same value that some 70-year-old man has. 
and anywhere in between, all the way until death. And the value of that life is there. And God looks down. He says, I'm looking for someone to give the gospel to them. What are we doing? What's more important? When is the last time you personally brought joy to the Father's heart by bringing someone to Him? Think about it. Who was the last person that you were able to share the gospel with and see them get saved? How long has it been? What are you doing to see another one saved? What are we so busy with that we set aside our commission? Right? I mean, this is our job. Am I right? This is what God gave us. If you narrow it all down to one thing, God's leaving the earth and he says, go ye. And I realize we all, we all got to have jobs here on this earth and we got to provide. But, but what is our main job? When's the last time we fulfilled that? I realize Saturday mornings doesn't work for everybody. When do you go? When do you share the gospel? Man, who have you talked to about the Lord? When's the last time you brought joy to the Father's heart? Is it even on our radar? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, that we can see the importance you put on going soul winning. Lord, I pray that you'd help each one of us to be good children of the Lord. Lord, that you'd show us the opportunities. Lord, sometimes, sometimes we're not even looking for the opportunity. Lord, I pray that you'd show us the opportunities to, get, to give the gospel. Lord, that you'd lead us to the people. Lord, that you would help us to bring joy to your heart. I love you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. You say, I know for sure. I'm on my way to heaven. I know for sure I am a child of the Lord. Would you raise your hand? I've accepted him as my Savior. I know for sure I'm on my way to heaven. Thank you. You can put your hands down. You know, I talked a lot about the pride and joy that God has in his children. Maybe you're in here and you say, I'm not even sure. I'm not 100% sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. Would you raise your hand? Anyone like that say, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Anyone say, I don't know for sure I'm on my way to heaven. As testimony of that, we're all children of God. And when's the last time we brought joy to his heart? You say in some way this morning, God spoke to my heart. Would you raise your hand? Spoke to my heart in the message this morning. Hey, you can put your hands down. If you'd stand to your feet as the instruments play, the altar is open. And I do business with God. Whether you come down here to the altar or you stay there in your spot, You ought to tell him when's the last time you led someone to the Lord.
you ought to ask him to help you find someone to give the gospel to. Lord, put someone in my path that I can give the gospel, that I can't look and say, it's been a long time. I'll be able to say, man, I serve the Lord. I brought joy to the Father's heart. As the instruments play, do business with God.